ಸಹನಾವತು ಸಹನಾಪುನಕ್ತು ಸಹ ವೀರ್ಯ ಕರ್ವಾವಹೈ ತೇಜಸ್ವಿನಾವತೀತಮಸ್ತಮಾವಿಶಾವಹೈ ಶಾಂತಿ ಶಾಂತಿ ಸರ್ ಎನಿ ಕ್ವಶನ್ಸ್ ಫ್ರಮ್ ಪ್ರೀವಿಯಸ್ ಕ್ಲಾಸಸ್ ಸೊ ವೇ ಆನ್ ಎಕ್ಸಿಜೆನ್ಸಿ ಆಫ್ ಆಕ್ಷನ್ ಫಾರ್ ಎನಿ ಒನ್ ವಿ ಸ್ಟಾರ್ಟ್ ದ ಟಾಪಿಕ್ ಲಾಸ್ಟ್ ವೀಕ್ and um we're going to begin with paragraph 3 which is where we got to so just a recap chronology of action what's the chronology of action chronology of action thought desire action one before last month thought desire, desire action. action so what do you renounce what do you renounce when you're acting what when you're acting to, to what is it that you renounce desire you're acting based on your desire so you can't renounce your desire last same thing when you're acting for perfect action what do you renounce ego ego, ego. <laughs> your ego that's what what it is your egocentric attitude your egocentric desires you're both right vasnas and desires but the egoistic vasnas and desires <coughs> just started how does the ego manifest how does the ego manifest huh in the in the so in the sense how in the world how does the ego manifest how do you know that someone's egoistic someone thinks he's the best is the best yes behavior behavior ego manifest says i am the doer without me this would not have been done i alone exist i am superior when you feel that thought that means it's the ego so this is what you need to give up when you're acting that minus my business my house my family this is what creates the issues i yes it is your business it is your house it is your but that minus creates that negativity in you creates that ego so they say drop your motive just do what you ought to do in life look in nature rose gives fragrance nightingale sings clouds give rain did they ask for anything in the same way we must just act in the world every everything acts based on the spirit of renunciation even foxes and yellow pay If you act egoistically your mind will always be disturbed you'll be stressed all the time Doesn't mean you stop acting you have to learn to act in a proper way This is this topic how to act Only a human this is a recap from last week Only a human has a choice of action Animals act based on their collective vasanas all dogs behave in a certain way they have different characteristics 
but generally they base they they all act in the same way. They don't have a choice. Cows behave in a certain way. Hyenas behave in a certain way. They don't have a choice. They cannot change. Lion cannot sit and say, <coughs> "All these animals I'm killing. This is so bad. I have to stop." He can't turn into a vegetarian. They don't have no choice. Only a human has a choice in the action. Animals live in a certain pattern of life and they die. They have no choice. Humans also act based on their vastness, their nature, but there is one major difference. What's the major difference? Which animals don't have? We covered it last week. Very important factor this is. Personality. Personality? No. Intellect. Intellect, yes. Intellect. Humans have intellect, but there's one other thing that we have to act based Choice. on our vastness. Choice. Choice. Only a human has the, ch the choice of action and only a human can put in self-effort not to behave based on their vasana. You can put in effort to change your vasanas. The freedom of action independent of vasanas. See, after learning this, you can say, you know what, my vasanas are to to do this. I can't change it. This is how God made me. No, that's not right. There is something called self-effort. Deepa? You can't use that excuse anymore, yeah? <laughs> self-effort. So human has a choice. He can either devolve or evolve. So he can either go down nature or go up. It's his choice, what he wants to do. So it's not where you are that matters, but which direction are you going? Wherever you are now, you could be a thief. Do you want to carry on stealing or do you want to change? <coughs> you have a choice. It doesn't matter where you are. Which way are you going? Developing, growing or devolving, reducing yourself spiritually. Then choice of action. How do you choose how to what to which area to act in? Who can explain Swadharma and Paradharma? Swadharma and Paradharma. Swadharma means what your nature is. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, you're not used to do it like this. Okay. You, against your nature. Perfect. Against your nature. See, Sva, one's own. This, wasn't, this isn't in the book. That's why I put it there. Sva means one's own. Para means alien. Means against. Dharma means one's nature. So, Sva Dharma, one's own nature. Para Dharma, alien to one's nature. So, when you choose an activity, work, whatever, play, whatever you want to do, make sure it's towards the Swadharma. Pindi would find it difficult to become a sumo wrestler. That's yeah? Right. <laughs> <laughs> no matter what, I can't believe it. <laughs> so, it's pointless in thinking, I want to become one. It's against his nature. So, we have to choose based on our nature, what can, you know, you need to evaluate your nature. Will I be good at that? Just my friends doing it. Does that mean I'm going to be good at it? Otherwise, you know you're not going to, you're not going to be successful in that area. But if you choose something that you know I'm good at, then the chances of you being successful are far greater. So if you choose a Swadharma activity, you become more happy, more successful in life. Also, more importantly, you're actually reducing your vasanas. Para activity, para dharma activity, one, it's more difficult. You don't enjoy it, and you're increasing your vasanas. 
why why would you be increasing your asanas? <coughs> Increases your adding desire. Sorry? You're increasing your knowledge base. You're increasing your knowledge base? What did you say, Ravi? You're creating desires because you're going against the grain of your face. <coughs> you already have certain vasanas, certain desires you're born with. It's better to act on those because you're reducing them, but this way you're taking on something alien and you're adding more desires. So you've still got the ones you, you have, but you're adding more to it. So if you act based on your svatarama, you're happier, you're more successful, and you're reducing your, your vasanas. That's why in uh, the spiritual instructions they say act based on your Sodoma. Any questions? Act on your, oh, sorry. Come. Act on your Dharma or on one's nature. Sometimes you don't know what your nature is. So how do you seek, I mean obviously you feel happy when you're doing a certain thing, but how you've got to come to that point? This is where self-evaluation comes in. It's further down in the book. It tells you how to evaluate your nature. Yeah, it's, it's, it's in another chapter, which we're going to cover. But at the moment, even if you understand the basic part of that, you'll know what is Paradharma because, one, it'll be difficult for you. Two, you'll find it, um, you, won't, you won't be satisfied by doing it. So that, those are the signs. For me, cooking is paradharma. <laughs> those, are, those are the signs. I'm no good at it. <laughs> you know, I find it difficult. So, I know that one, my food's not going to come out nice, and I'm not going to enjoy doing it. Sito, that's a sadharma. But then they self-ethic. Then they self-effort. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> right back. You're, you're, you're absorbing too much now. <laughs> but just so you get an idea, roughly. But there is actually a chapter on how to self-evaluate, which we'll be covering. So we're now going to... Yes, please, sorry. It's not to do with Svadharma, but... So going back to the ego, mm. so you know when you said when we're performing an action, um, if it if it troubles you, then it's probably the ego that has come into play, and that's why I'm um, either unhappy with the action or I'm troubled by the action. But what if? What if you do the action, but you just want it to be so perfect? And you, you're going back thinking, I wish I'd done it differently. So you, you perform an action because that's the way that you are. But reflecting back on it, you're thinking, I wish I'd done it differently. And actually, it would have been better. The outcome would have been better. Is it that my ego is coming into play to think that I could have done it more perfectly? Or is it, what, what is it? See, the difference here is, well, who's, who's making a decision? Is it your mind or your intellect? Is it, is it your emotions? Or have you thought about it clearly? This is my role. This is what I need to do today. What's the best way I can do this? Okay. Now, perfection is, depends on the individual. What may be perfect action for you in a particular role may be imperfect for me. So it, you have to decide, is it my mind or is it the intellect? Now, if you've put your best effort into the action, you couldn't have done anything more, then there's nothing more you could do. If you feel that the results weren't what you wanted, then you can find out why the results aren't what you wanted. Is it that you didn't put 100% effort? Is it that you didn't have the full picture of how to behave in that scenario, then you can go back, read, study, how would, should I perform in this particular way. That's all to do with the intellect. But if you go in, perform an action, it didn't come out well, you think, oh, why did I do that that way? Well, that's the mind. 
it's affected. So this is the difference. Does this, this do you understand? The difference is mind and intellect. If you're affected, it's the mind, it's the ego. The intellect will say, I did my best, but it wasn't good enough. Let me find out how I can better myself so that next time I can put a better I can do it more more better. That's the intellect. Yes. So is um the question is, it's pretty similar to last week's question that I had. So what age does one find out his Vadharma and Vadharma? So young from a young age the the parent if parent is uh, aware of this will have some idea of how the child is behaving is he into is he reading lots of books and all the time or is he good with his hands you know uh, and that gives you some idea of his ability and you can promote that your son is good at playing with Meccano yeah, you want him to be a you want but you want him to be a doctor yeah then it's Unexpected, it's unreasonable expectations from you. The chances are he may become a mechanic or an engineer or something, you know? So that's the kind of things that you need to look out for. Yeah, the problem here is parents say you should be an engineer. You should be a doctor. You should be an accountant. I was supposed to be a lawyer. <laughs> you should be a lawyer. The child has no interest in it, has not the capability, but you want him to be that. That's wrong, because the chances are he may become one, but he'll be unhappy and... And he might not be very good. He might not be very good. So it's best to promote his nature. See what he's good at. <coughs> right, so paragraph three. So, now we've, ch now we've chosen the right area of the field of action, Vivasa Dharma, okay? So the next top, next uh, paragraph goes after that, yeah? That's why we've uh, done the recap up to that. And I think, you're good. Having chosen the appropriate field, you must execute the right actions in life. This is important since you are given the choice of action. The general trend in human activity is to indulge in personal feeling attraction or repulsion seem to initiate your actions. You ought not to let your likes and dislikes determine your life's activity. There is a grave error in letting your emotional feelings take over your life fuss. Likes and dislikes manifesting without discretion could turn out to be your worst enemy. If you feed them indiscriminately, you court destruction. Your actions need proper direction the intellect should guide your likes and dislikes in every action. Do as reason bids you. What you like to do may be opposed to what you ought to do in life. Thank you. So what did we uh, understand from that? What was the crux of that? Uh, not, not you, Ravi. Oh, sorry. <laughs> what was the crux of uh, the message in there? shouldn't really let your desires determine your activity in life. Yeah. Well, you're right, but there's another another part to that. You're partly right. Is it performing the action, just doing what you want to do without letting your likes and dislikes come into it? That's right. And looking for the end result, mm -hmm. just doing what you ought to do. So he's saying, do what you're supposed to do. Don't let your likes and dislikes come into it. Meaning, the mind wants to, the mind wants to do other things. So don't let that guide you. So once you have chosen the action based on sadharma, you must perform the right action in life. Most people act from feeling and emotions likes and dislikes, which is from the level of the mind. And it's saying that when you act on that, it will be bad for you. 
How should you act? Guided by the intellect. The intellect has to guide your likes and dislikes in all action. Is this right for me? Mind says, yeah, yeah, yeah. But is this right for me? Show me. We all do it because we all have a mind. You must do what you ought to do, not what you like to do. Whether you like it or not. When one acts based on their emotions, one reduces themselves to a lower being, the level of an animal. Animal act based on their feelings and their emotions. They don't have an intellect. So they act based on their likes and dislikes. I like this food, I'm gonna eat it. I don't like this food, I'm not gonna eat it. They can't control their emotions. But we have an intellect as a hum as an, uh, as an human being. So if we don't use it, then we're no different from an animal. This is what it's saying. It's not a negative comment. It's just saying that we're the same as an animal because we're acting on our emotions just like animals do. Why aren't we using the facility we have, the faculty we have? You must not let the temptations of the world come in the way of your assignment in life, what you need to do. Of course, tra transact in the world, do what you need to do, business, work, whatever. But it shouldn't take you away from your goal. Most people act on likes and dislikes. Most people act on likes and dislikes. So what about perfecting the actions? So for example, in all fields, you've got mathematicians, for example, who are okay and go by, and yet you've got the exceptional. Mm. Surely it's because of their ability to perfect what they're doing. So I know that comes into self-effort, but when we're thinking about just doing the action, surely I would have thought that the more mistakes you make, the more you learn from them and the better you become at something. But how, does that, how is that related to likes and dislikes? You want to perfect it, don't you? you that's, want that's the intellect. The intellect says, I want to become better. Yeah. So you put more effort in, you read more, you study more, and you become better. That's the intellect's role. The mind might say, you know what, I'm okay. I've, had, I've studied enough, got enough money coming in, I don't need to become better. But if the intellect says, but I want to be the best I can. The mind says, no, it's okay. Relax. No point waking up early, study, relax. That's the mind. No, I need to put self-effort in, let me study. That's the intellect. The self-effort comes in to make sure you do it. Mind says stay in bed. There you go, that's the difference. Say, for example, we talk, let's just say me, for example, when I was at school, uh, but just say I qualified to be an accountant, and then there's a friend of mine who became an accountant. We both the same education, we both put the same effort in, and he excelled and became the best accountant, and I just didn't. But is that based on Svadharma and Padharma again? Possibly. Um, it could be two things. Either it was paradharmic for you. Mm -hmm means against your nature, so you weren't successful, or he put in more effort than you did. Okay. It could be either. You were at the pub. 
<laughs> but you see, that's that's. It could be either one of the. It could be either one of those two things. Yeah, either it's polydynamic or you put in and he put you he put in more effort. If you both had the same, if that was both of your swadharma, yeah. But the chances are that it was polydynamic. Yeah, but the chances are it was polydynamic for you. Okay, any questions on that before we move on? <coughs> Perhaps, says Thomas Huxley, the most valuable result of all education is the ability to make yourself do the thing you have to do when it ought to be done. Whether you like it or not, it is the first lesson that you ought to be learned and however early a person's training begins, it is probably the last lesson a person learns thoroughly. If you wish to live up to the dignity of a human being, your intellectual judgment rather than your emotional impulse should be the guiding factor in your activity. Those whose activities yield to mere emotions reduce themselves to the status of lower beings. So this is Thomas Huxley, famous biologist, 1800s. <coughs> What's he saying? He's just confirming what we've just discussed in the previous paragraph. Yeah. What's he saying? Learn from Learn. a younger age. Learn from a younger age. Just say, do what you need to do at the time you need to do it. Yeah. That's it, don't be stagnant. Don't be stagnant. So the first lesson anyone should learn in life is to make themselves do what they have to do when it needs to be done. But it seems it is the last thing we learn properly. It's a bit like that saying, so do what you must do. Meaning, Don't put off till tomorrow what you can do today. We seem to make our mistakes by acting with our likes and dislikes. Maybe we learn from it, maybe we don't. We reduce ourselves to lower beings, saying he doesn't know about this spiritual, uh, uh, this Upanishads, Bhagavad Gita. He may have not read it, or maybe he did read it. And he knew about Sadharma and Paradharma and how the perfect action is. But he said that, he said the same thing as what he said in the Upanishads. We reduce ourselves to lower beings, meaning animals. We as humans have an intellect, animals don't. So we should use it to conduct ourselves and not act based on the mind. Bella, understand? We all do it. We're saying that we should learn to do what we ought to do, what we need to do. Not what we like to do. Sort of finding an easy way out, isn't it? That's uh, another way of... The mind is a child within you. The intellect is the adult. The mind is the child. So from now on we're going to be reading and discussing. So everyone needs to be on the ball and listening. No sleeping in the class now. <laughs> no dozing off. Satan tried to tempt Jesus Christ with all sorts of worldly attractions to lure him away from the spiritual stance. Christ would have nothing to do with those temptations. His response to Satan turned out to be a great message to humanity. Get thee behind me, Satan. I will have none at thy hands. Christ's mission was divine. His intellect stood by his noble mission. So must you relate to the world, never yield to its temptations. Stand firm. Do not allow them to obstruct your mission in life. There is nothing wrong in transacting with the world, but ensure that your worldly affairs do not impair your progress in life. When they entice you away from your mission, you should take the grand stand of the Lord. There you go, even Jesus Christ said a similar thing. What, is it, what does that mean? 
Did anyone watch that program, Greatest Story Ever? It came on just no. that Christmas. What it recorded. <laughs> well, when you watch it, in there, Jesus Christ is in a cave. He climbs up to the mountain, he's in a cave. I just saw it, that's right. And the man come, man is there, in the cave. He climbs up a mountain, there's a man there. And he says these things. You can have all of this, he says to Jesus. Jesus was tempted by the devil. He said, do you want all this? He pointed out to the world, I can give it to you. I can give you everything. He said, I don't want anything. Get behind me. So what does this mean? In the context that we've just discussed, what does it mean? Who's the devil? Mind, the mind. Mind. He tempts us. A mind is the devil. Tempts us. Takes us away from what we need to do. So he tried to take Jesus away from what he was, what he needed to do. We decide to go to the gym. But the mind says, oh, it's so cold and miserable outside. I will go tomorrow. You're not doing what you ought to do. That's just a general example. That's the mind. You're on the spiritual path. Mind will think, why do you want to do that for? Why do you want to wake up in the morning? That's the mind, the devil. So be steadfast in doing what you have this you have decided to do by the way yeah you have made that pledge i will go gym three times a week no one else who's stopping you <laughs> huh? your husband not saying don't go honey you look so fit already don't go <laughs> he does <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's us isn't it so, how come when you decided and you still can't do it? This is what we're saying. This is how the mind plays. So, be steadfast. You've decided. Understand, my mind's going to do this. I've decided to do this, but I know. My mind's going to say this, I'm going to say that. I ain't going to listen to any of this. Get thee behind me. As Jesus said to say to the, uh, the devil, get thee behind me, I'll have none of that. That's what you need to do when the mind comes in. I'll have none of that. I've made this decision. But isn't that Jesus' desire that he wants to be the front, in front of the leader when he's saying, get behind me? Stand, say, stand by me. The devil will not stand by him. Only if, we're going to cover this bit in a minute. There's only one way the devil will stand by him. If he gives up if he gives up his qualities as a devil. And he becomes divine. Keep moving forward. Don't forget your goal in life. Keep progressing in life. Keep yourself on the path that you have chosen materially or spiritually. This acts both in materially and spiritually. You want to be a, a rich person, you want to be a successful person, you want to, whatever, physically, materially, spiritually. It's the same thing. The mind stops you from doing it. Exercising your choice of action, remember that no act can be labelled virtuous or vicious per se. It would not be proper to classify certain acts as righteous and others as unrighteous. Virtue and vice is a thing of the heart. Good or bad actions have to do with the state of your mind and not with your 
gross physical actions. To reform yourself, therefore, it is not your body, but your mind that has to be rehabilitated, reconstituted. Okay. What does that say? What do they mean? An action cannot be labelled good or bad. You can't say that was a good act and that was a bad act. It's to do with the state of your mind. Not with one's gross physical action. So what, what, what are they trying to say? What's the intention behind the action? What's the intention? I want to help this lady cross the road. She seems to be standing there for 10 minutes. Let me help her cross the road. That woman's there standing for 10 minutes. The purse looks really big. Let me help her cross the road and take her purse at the same time. Still helping across the road, what's the intentions behind the action? So the action the action itself cannot be labelled good or bad. It's what the intention is. You, s you, you hit a person in the back really hard. Why did you hit me? He was choking, that's why you hit him. Is that good action or bad action? Someone might just smack him one. <laughs> so the action, what is that? What's the intention behind the action? You can't label an action good or bad. It depends on the intention. I'll cook my husband a nice meal tonight because I've seen that new diamond ring. Let's <laughs> <laughs> see if I can persuade him to get it for me. If it works, I'll try. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so what is the intention behind the action? To do with the state of your mind, that's what it means. So it's the intention behind the action, not the action itself. So what is your intention? So to improve oneself, one needs to rehabilitate one's mind. See, it's the mind that says, let's do that, let's do this. We'll get this out of it, we'll get that out of it. So you have to purify the mind. How do you do that? You have to rehabilitate the mind. How do you do that? Knowledge. Hmm? Knowledge, exercise. Knowledge, exercise, intellect. You're all right. You need to develop the intellect. And to purify mind, we have bhakti, karma and jnana. Knowledge, devotion and service. When you do those things, you're gaining knowledge, you're purifying your mind by devotion, service. Self, you're not acting on your ego because you're helping somebody. You're devoted to something higher. So your mind is being purified. So those are the exercises given to you to purify the mind. When you purify your mind, then your actions are, are good. So we've decided which, where, which, action, which field of action to act in, so dharma, and then we move our ego out of it, and then you act based on the intellect, and if the mind is coming in the way, you purify the mind using the three yogas. Sounds like a lot. Slowly, slowly. Chip it one, one chip at a time, you know? Any questions? Refresh the three yogas again, please. Bhakti yoga, which is made for your mind, 
devotion. The mind feels emotions. So the devotion is given to the mind, so your devotion to something higher, God, um, idol, whatever, country, devotion to higher, your father, devotion to the higher, mother, karma for the body. You're acting uh, unselfishly for some higher cause, for the community, for charity. So you're acting, your body's acting for where you're not gaining anything in return in the material sense. And Nyan is knowledge. You're gaining the knowledge to understand that higher being. You're gaining knowledge right now. This is what we're doing. We're gaining knowledge. Understanding how we should act. What is life about? So this is the knowledge you need to know. Those are the three yogas made for the three components of your personality. Body, mind, intellect. Is that, is that clear? Any questions? In a real life incident, a man pulled out an automatic in a crowded restaurant and mercilessly shot down scores of people. Another person behind him chanced to have a gun with him. He shot the killer down. Now examine their actions. The actions were the same, but one was a mass homicide. The other was an act of service to the rest exposed to death. It is the human, sorry, it is the intention that makes an action virtuous or vicious. There you go, there's a true life example in Australia. One person started shooting, one other chap there had a gun, he shot the guy. Action is the same. But what was the intention behind it? One was committing homicide. One was saving them, but the action is the same. So what was the intention? The intention was to prevent him from killing more. But the action was that he killed him. Yes. What's the intention behind the action? You know when you say, why is this guy being so friendly? I think he wants something. <laughs> so you, you're saying, what is his intention? You're asking yourself, what is his intention? My partner's being very loving tonight, what's going on? It's not normal for her, him or her to behave like that. Better be careful. What's the intention? <laughs> or the person is loving every night. And one day, they're not. <laughs> what's happened? <laughs> so, what's the intention behind the action? So all these things we have to be careful of. We all think we're acting perfectly in the world, yeah, until we come across this subject and it just puts everything upside down, <laughs> slaps you in the face. <laughs> but this is the price for perfection. We have to perfect ourselves. Yes, Wendy? Yeah, so just uh, on this topic, so there's two different types of people. One was the guy that committed the homicide, yeah. and the other guy was the one that shot him. But the guy that committed the homicide <coughs> the people that he killed, was it just that, was it that? He was time? in a cafe. Yeah. He just came, this was a true life incident. Yeah. In a cafe, he just took the gun out and started shooting people. Yeah, but was that time up? Sorry? Was that time up? That we can't say. Yeah. That's not uh, for us to say. No. We're just talking about the action. Yeah. Okay. What's the right and wrong? It depends on the intention. That's a separate topic altogether. Is there time up? Question? So. Work is best done impersonally. No sooner one asserts the selfish ego, work is spoiled. 
Thus should your mind be unattached to the work you perform. Fix your mind upon your divine self within while you work. Be objective in what you do. Do not get mentally entangled in the affairs of the world. You must learn to live in your home, your office, society as an impersonal witness. Never get mixed up or attached to them. People believe that when they do not get attached and involved in worldly matters, they cannot work, progress in life. It is an erroneous concept. The truth is the opposite. The moment you get entangled in the world, your work suffers. Whereas when your ego, your little self, is absent, when you are unattached and impersonal, work turns out perfect. You progress in life. What's that saying? Paragraph. Work is best when done impersonally. Nipa, what does that mean? It's more, it, for me, it's saying don't get involved in all the office politics. Mm -hmm. Just go in and do your work. Go in and do your work. Many get involved. It affects you emotionally and affects your work as well. Then. So that is, you've, you've said don't get involved in op office work. Politics. Politics. You're right. But this, because that's still the mind getting involved. But here it says, keep the mind out of it completely. Don't get distracted. Just do your work. Don't be distracted. Just do your work. Once your mind gets involved, work suffers. So when they say little self, okay, it means you, your, your ego. Anything with a capital S means self, Yatman. Anything with a small s in, in scriptures means your ego. saying this is this this paragraph is this these two paragraphs are describing the perfect action how you should act perfectly in the world work objectively with a detached attitude doing what you ought to do without worrying about the result just go in do your work your home just look after the home i did this i did that spoils it. You've been given a role that you have decided to do, just do it. Not worrying about anything else. Your body is working, acting, the mind should be resting. When you do work in that way, you never get tired. It's the mind that tires you. In fact, if you're able to, fix your mind on the self the Atman, while you're working. This way you'll never get tired or stressed. Once the mind gets involved, you start losing energy. Why, why, does the, why, does you start, why do you start losing energy as soon as the mind gets involved? Negative thoughts. Hmm? Negative thoughts. Negative, like what? You're right. What are the negative thoughts? You're not focused, basically. You're not focused. Why aren't you focused? What does the mind do? <laughs> mind is wandering. What's it wandering on? Desires. It's anxious for the fruit. Fruit. It's anxious for. Will, will I get? Will I do this properly? Will Will it? Will I be successful? It's worried about the past. You know, last time I did it, it was like that. I don't want to do it like that. I hope it comes out nice this time. And you forgot to put one ingredient in while you're thinking on. Hope it comes out right this time. <laughs> so that's what the mind does. It saps your energy because you're not able to, as Ravi said, you're not able to concentrate on the work. You're worried, would it come out, the result? The result will come out based on the effort you put in, isn't it? You put the right effort in, the result has to come out properly. How can it not come out right if you put the right effort in? 
How can it not come out right if you put the right effort in? Arjuna, he couldn't fight because his mind distracted him. How can I kill these people? These are my uncles, my cousins. How can I kill? I cannot, I cannot fight this battle. That's the mind. Krishna came and said, you have to. Why? Because of this reason. Krishna became his intellect. He listened to Krishna. His mind was out of the equation and he won the battle. Yeah, that's what that story depicts. The mind comes in the way that stops you from acting perfectly. So you can, if the mind is not involved, you can do the, you can do the job half the time. Any questions? So once you leave today, you should be performing perfect action after today's class in whatever you do. See, when you're driving, they say, don't text, don't go on the phone. Why? The mind is distracted. You can't concentrate on the road. Simple example. They don't tell you the mind will behave this way, so don't text. They just say, don't do it, because people don't understand. But this is the reason that your mind is distracted, so you can't drive properly. If you can't drive properly, the chance of you having accidents are greater. The last paragraph on this. Look at the world as a witness. It becomes a source of enjoyment. Get entangled in the activities of the world. It turns into a misery. Therefore, learn to perform your action detachedly. Find joy in work itself, not in the result. The fruit of labor cannot bring you any more happiness than labor itself. Yet the world believes the result obtained provides more joy than work. Reflect carefully. Do not give undue importance to applause or censure, success or failure. Try to understand the futility of material pursuit. Objects gained by your effort only mislead you. Be not concerned with the fruit of action just carry on with what you ought to do. Then alone you will find true fulfillment in life. Observe the world as a witness. How would you do that? Be a witness to everything you do. How can you do that? Without the feeling of attachment to anyone or anything. You can imagine work acting in that way. What's the opposite of being a witness to the world? Getting involved. Getting attached. But can you imagine act living in the living life as a witness? Can anyone even in think of that level? Bliss. <laughs> Constant bliss. Constant bliss. Nothing phases you. Nothing affects you. Nothing affects you. Nothing affects you. It'd be difficult to even do it for a day. Five minutes. See, you're all saying that how difficult it is, but this is what you're supposed to. You're made to behave in this way. This is your true nature to behave in this way. You're all saying it will be bliss. What's stopping you from getting that bliss? <laughs> the mind. Huh? Life becomes fun. It says in the scriptures, life becomes fun. 
So you, you all understand what it could be like to be in that state. what your partner says, doesn't care what work at work, you're just doing your role, housewife, accountant, doctor, doing your role, permanently happy, not affected by anything. Life becomes fun, you enjoy life. At the moment we are affected by everything that happens. The weather, work, you're overweight, you're underweight, everything affects you your partner, your children, your neighbour. Learn to function detachedly. Everything you do makes you happy. This way you enjoy your work just as much as the result. It's saying you'll enjoy your work. You're not just working for the result. If I work 40 hours this week, I will get this much money and then I'll, in, I'll use that money. They're saying work, the, the work itself should, will be fun. Why are you just waiting to go on that holiday with the money that you earn for three months or six months? You work hard and then you wait. You go on holiday for two weeks. Is that what it's about? What about the six months that you spent working? Shouldn't you enjoy that? When, you have, when you're in this state of mind, you enjoy every day no matter what you're doing. You're a witness to everything. It's easier said than done. But this is what the spiritual development takes you to, that level. So how would you, if I say to you right now, how would you, become, how would you practice being a witness? What would you say to me? How can you, how can you do that? Sil, so how can you do that? Evaluate your action. Value action. Where would your mind be on? Where would your thoughts be on? Focus on the self. Focus on the self. No, not the world. What they're saying ultimately: this world is Maya. You are not who you are. Yeah, you are the self. Now, if you identify with that, does it matter what happens to you? Does it matter what the partner says to you, neighbor says to you, boss says? To you? Does it matter? I'm not this body, mind, intellect. I'm the self, Atman. This world is Maya. Straight away you can become a witness in everything you do. If you have that thought on that higher. And this is spiritual development to get you to that thought permanently. That's the self-realization. That's what we're trying to do, isn't it? Right now you're studying maybe 1%, 2% of the time you may think, you know what, I'm not this body, I'm Atman. Whenever you read it, whatever. That thought comes to your mind. It makes you feel good. Self-realization is that thought is with you all the time. Then you become a witness. Look how people are behaving in this Maya. Why would anything affect you then? It's like you're being affected in a dream. When you're waking up, does it affect you? What someone said to you in a dream, does it matter? When you're awake? It doesn't matter, does it, when you're awake? Same thing. Same thing. That's the state you'll be while you're acting here. This is what we're all aiming to. Krishna said to Arjuna, you are not this body, mind, intellect, you are the self. What are you worried about? You die, you die. <coughs> they die, they die. What difference make? Your role, your job, your role is a warrior. Go and do your job. So it's like other people's actions are out of your control. So they're vastness. Why their mind. Why do you let it affect you? 
you're purifying your mind to understand his actions are his. Either I can accept what he said or I can choose not to accept it. Well, I say something bad to you. You have a choice. Either be affected or not be affected. That choice is yours. Isn't it? Now, if you feel upset, why did she say that? Whose fault is it? Whose fault is it? You decided to take it. Buddha was walking with his disciples. And one old man came out of his house and said, what are you doing? You're just misleading all these people. You should be ashamed of yourself. Why are you behaving like this? You know, all these people should be going to work and looking after their families. Instead, they're following you. Who are you? Buddha just carried one walking. That night, when they were having the satsang with his disciples, one man, one of his disciples was agitated. He said, Buddha, this happened. I felt like beating him up, but I stopped. Why did, he, why did you not say anything to him? Why did you let him talk to you like that? Buddha said he, he acted based on his nature. He, did, he said what he normally says to whoever. You took it, you deal with it. I never took it. It didn't affect me. It affected you, you deal with it. This is how we need to live. We get affected by anything and everything that people say. It's up to you. So don't work for the result. Enjoy work. You see, if you work in this way, detached, every part of your life is full of happiness, no matter what you're doing. Don't be happy when you pray successful or miserable. When you f don't be don't be happy when you're praised or successful. When you fail or someone says something negative, don't be don't be affected by it. Ultimately understand you are in control of your life, no one else. What others say is not important. Be true to yourself. If someone says something negative, you may say, you know what, they're right. I am like that. That's fine. Be true to yourself. It doesn't matter what other people say. What, what you think is matters. Material objects mislead you. What does that mean? Material objects mislead you. Yes. Again, it's in the world, isn't it? It's in the world. So we're focusing back in the world and not self. If I get that, I'll be happy. So you're in that pursuit. So it misleads you because when you get that, the mind will pitch up something else. Yeah. The happiness is temporary. So material pursuits misleads you, meaning you think it will bring you happiness. But it's not real happiness, it's temporary happiness. We discussed this previously, so I'm not going to go into it. It's temporary happiness. If I get that, I'll be happy. It's not true. Happiness is not in the object or being, but how you relate to it. That's the last end of that particular topic. Any questions? You know the part of saying you ought to do what you ought to do, whether you like or dislike. That I mean, if you dislike it, it are you not going against your nature? You dislike going to the gym. <laughs> it's what you ought to do, isn't it? Yeah, but if you 
dislike you? Is that not your nature? Then what's the opposite? What do you mean it's not in your nature? (laughs) (laughs) It's the mind. It's not, mind will say, you know what? It's not my nature to go to gym, so I'm not going to go. (laughs) Jim, what's he saying? (laughs) I know what you're talking about. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. What are you ought to do? You're responsible for your family. That is your responsibility. You ought to look after them. Yeah, guide them. You ought to do that. You may not like it, because no one listens to you. Yeah? But that is still your role, isn't it? <laughs> you don't like doing it. So what you have, you, de- you have decided what, what is right and wrong in life, what your role in life is. That is what you ought to do. No one else. You have dictated what you're... You have created this environment, this world around you, your family, your home, everything, your job. You have created that. Now you can't move away from your responsibilities. Like it or not, that's what it means. You can't suddenly wear dhoti and say, I'm going to the Himalayas. (laughs) 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 You had no responsibilities and you were spiritually developed, then that would be the right thing for you. Does that clarify? Yeah. Any other questions?